Welcome to another adventure of the Anime Book Club, uh, covering JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Stardust Crusaders, episodes seven and eight. Matt, how are you doing? I'm here. I watched these episodes. I I was just thinking off the top of my head that like JoJo one, I believe by episode seven was like wrapping up. It was was it really that quick? I'm pretty sure. I think episode nine or something like that. Like Dio was done for. You can't be. Ooh, you are totally correct. I went back. Yeah, episodes seven, eight, and nine. So at this point in the original JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, they were wrapping up. Like I think we had just met Dyer or something at this point. Perhaps Strazo was involved. <laughs> episode seven was when we got the Zapelli uh, backstory. Oh yes, backlash. man. So you know, and... right before the big, yeah. right before we lost a god. Oh my goodness. Oof. And I the bad I, family man. I want to talk about JoJo season 1 more than I want to talk about episode 7, Strength. Yes, I'm with you on that. Let's do that. Let's just oh talk about Oh my god. In fact, so, I'm going to reference season 1 when we talk about this episode. Oh cool. So I just want to say the first time I engaged with this story was the original OVA that Knife Girl isn't in. Really? She is not in it, and it I, it plays very different if like that I, is your first... I don't want to say that the removal of a female character is a good thing, but in this particular case... Yeah. This yeah. episode, man... Because I gotta say, when I watched this episode, I just I was repeating to myself, can I cuss on this early in the video? Yeah, just do it. Do it, yeah, dog. What the fuck, Pat? Yeah. Why are you making me watch? I wrote in my notes, I have to blame Matt for this somehow. Ah, uh, here's the thing. Like, I already knew the twist in this episode because of the when you were trying to get me into this over a decade ago. Yeah, this a clip from this, and I guess the OVA was what you had showed me. Mm -hmm. And you had already described. Well, what if I told you, Matt? <laughs> what if I told you that ship? <laughs> I was like, you know, yeah. so I knew the twist was coming, and I still was watching this episode, going, "What the fuck, Pat?" It's not okay. So, huh. <sighs> Let's let's get this may be my least favorite episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is the only episode my wife has watched with me. Oh man, I was This white... is the only episode my wife has watched with me. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> I was I was white knuckling it because my lady was coming home and I'm like, "Oh god, don't walk in at any of these moments." Um, I it's really it was, fun. I yeah. thought it was safe to turn on a JoJo episode. Get caught up. All right, the, I'm going to say in in, uh, in cosmically, y the thing we both hate was teased in the preview. So I didn't watch the preview this time. We met. We explicitly mentioned it in last week's podcast. God, did we? Yeah, we did. Wow. We both mentioned there was a shower curtain thing. Neither of us were excited to see. I need to drink less during these podcasts. <laughs> no, you don't. You need to drink more if we're going to talk about episode seven of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You might be right about that. Strength. All right, let's. Uh, so we open with Dio, who's staring at himself in a mirror and having a philosophical conversation with Enababa. Uh, I, I believe we, it's a. Uh, did we get her name? I missed yeah, he, it. He calls her Enyababa. Oh yeah, Enyababa, en Enyaba, Enyaba. Well, en I think it's like the band Enya and the uh, Japanese woman, the name for the term for like an old lady, Baba. Baba. So I think, uh, Baba. See, yeah. I thought for, she seems she looks like a Baba Yaga, like the Russian thing. Yeah. So that's where I thought that was going, but you're probably correct. I think they're doing a play on that. 
Uh, they, they they have a little conversation. I mean, Dio is really just checking himself in a mirror and just yeah, being he's like, awesome, though. he's so, I man, I, Dio's I, cool. I, he's the best part of this episode. He is, it's weird because I remember in season one, I was very much anti-team Dio at every point because he just seemed like such a shitbag. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. And in, in these scenes where I'm sure he's only more of a shitbag than he's ever been before. <laughs> he's just so cool right now. <laughs> staring at me being like, shouldn't people fight for what they want? <laughs> he's kind of like uh like Dracula from um Oh like, yeah from Symphony of the Night when they did that like when they made yeah. him like that. He may as well I, be like, What is a man in yeah, Baba? Is that not what it feels like he's doing though? It's it like what is a man? Like a man is a person who overcomes fear. And she, the best thing is she's like, what do you fear, master? And he's like, the Jost. He's like, I don't I, I don't want to call it fear, but I will say these Jostars keep vexing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's 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 a wacky scene. Um, I mean, it, it's a great, like, Dio moment, but we get ruined. Like, yet again, anime. Anime creeps into the anime book club in a way I don't like, where she's like, don't worry, we've got we've got seven Zodiac cards on our side. Over the next seven episodes, buckle up. <laughs> I'd find it hilarious if she said them in order too. Oh, that would have been great. Well, she does. Does I didn't write them down in my notes, but she specifically fires off like, "Oh, we've have strength and death and so and so and temperance and." You know, it's funny because I didn't bring this up on our last podcast, but I had thought about it. I thought about this before. I was like, "Yeah, what is going on over in like." They keep finding new assassins like every day coming after yeah. them, just coming from Egypt. What is going on over in Dio World where they just keep sending an assassin a day like after yeah. the JoJo's? I do like the idea where it's like, well, what if we all went at once? <laughs> it's like, what is Dio doing? It's like, all right, you go. All right, you go. Whatever. All of you take turns to please me, Master Dio. I, I guess, guess they're traveling. Maybe he sent. Maybe the way it's working is like I'm gonna send this guy to Shanghai. I'm gonna send this guy to the o this orangutan will go to the ocean. Well, this he knows where they're going. He, he's yeah. able to follow them. He doesn't need yeah. the he doesn't need the the episode eight twist to yeah. know where they are. I guess he. I guess he, yeah. I know where they're they're coming at me, and because I've scared them off of planes, they'll take this dumb route. <laughs> You shouldn't, shouldn't have scared them off of planes. But that's exactly how that happens. Like, imagine if his plan was, if Tower of Grey was like, listen here, Tower of Grey, crash the plane. What? Crash it into the ocean. <laughs> Don't try to kill them. Just crash it into the ocean. <laughs> and was... like... All right, here's the thing. Of yeah. All the people who should have teamed up, strength and what the last guy blue moon or something yeah uh, uh deep deep blue moon i think deep blue moon why weren't they teaming up oh they really should have cuz like there would have been nothing they could have done like yeah. as soon as they escaped one the other gets them oh the boat's bad got to get to the ocean oop the ocean's bad got to get back to the boat <laughs> oh no bear's driving car yeah um but yeah so that we 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 wrap up the the anime teaser um, of Enyababa and, and Dio just Dio just being awesome and Enyababa being like, oh, that's so hot. And remember, we got a whole squad of assassins. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like complete. She's the complete Dio fan club in one person. Yeah, I think I think they I think by the end of this episode we we flash back to them where he's yeah he's like why why are you here with me old lady and she's like oh you're so great 
Yeah, it's like I just want to be near you. Ah. The, the, the things I got from this conversation um, was first of all that he wants to rid the Joe Stars from his wheel of fortune. Yeah, so, he's got gears in his eyeballs that keep need to keep turning. <laughs> he's on. He's right. That was exact scene. <laughs> so I, I think he's on the wrong game show here for about this. Yeah, and I love that. And whatever the relationship between him and Yaba is, is that Yaba was like, "What do you have to fear?" And he's like, "I fear the bloodline." He's like, "It's stupid." Yeah. that's dumb Dio you're amazing he's like need I remind you this isn't my original body <laughs> this has gone bad that's a for good me point. let me tell you something let me tell you about a man named Dyer that spit a rose into my eyeball and he oh, was but we, a severed head we got a little bit of lore drop too because then Yaba said that she was the one who revealed to Dio that his body had a stand oh that's a good point yeah and she's like know. way wild into it yeah, I don't know what that means for him yet. I don't like. Was he just hanging out after he got out of the ocean, and she showed up? Was like, hey, it's a Joestar body. Yeah. Well, she's like, hey, don't worry. It's not just those red vines. You could do more. Mm. <laughs> you have an extra power. Oh, this is great. We're like, we we we've we've had so much fun with the opening few moments of this episode. <laughs> we got to get to the actual episode. Uh, maybe we're just procrastinating. I know we totally is. We totally is. Anyway, we flash back to seeing. Uh, uh, team, the JoJo team and that big boat, and we get the intro and that intro's really, I don't know maybe Stockholm or something yeah, but by episode no. 7, it's really grown on me Yeah, me too, I was gonna bring that up This this episode of this, the intro of this episode is where it finally hit me, it's like, yeah I'm in, yeah, I'm, in. I'm, I'm finally in with jo with the Stardust Crusaders and this intro is amazing and I'm down And, and then the episode lets us down so hard <laughs> um, oh. we cut it to and Jotaro looks like he is just zoning out like I don't like I think they meant to have it and because Joseph goes like what are you concerned about Jotaro but he looks more like he's like like he's trying to remember a song lyrics like the animation does not sell <laughs> concern yeah I, well that seems to be Jotaro's that's 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 Jojo's thing though and then he's yeah. supposed to be this, and he's like okay maybe it's just me but these these two episodes in particular he feels like more of a passenger in the story than Holy moly, yeah. Okay. It's great. <laughs> Even he though really... he's got the fight, like he's got to fight this episode. And, and he, he really still doesn't... feels like a passive character. He, yeah, he feels so uninvolved. Uh, we do get, I do like the thing where he's like, What are you concerned about? We're saved. And he's like, I don't see a crew. And then Paul Naraf, what's the good? He's like, I don't care if this thing is a stand or not. I don't care. It's a boat. I'm getting on this boat. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, Paul Naraf is wrong, but in his defense, He's right. Because yeah. what else did they have to do? He's like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta keep the plot moving, guys. Paul Naraf, I love, man. <laughs> Big takeaway from these two episodes: Paul Naraf is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, he disagrees. It jumps on the boat. Uh, we have a moment where, uh, like uh, JoJo tries to help Knife Girl get on the boat, but instead she jumps into Joseph's arms. And uh, does like a little like six tongue out at uh, Jotaro. And I wrote in my notes, those two are totally getting married. God, you're probably right. A lot, a lot of they're, they're going to end up together energy in a bad way in these episodes. Well, I feel like, you know, like you can, like, you know, the bloodline. I don't, I don't, I, know. Don't, I don't remember. I know that eventually he okay. will beget the bloodline, but they don't make a big deal of who. I've only it seen, is. like I've only seen like still pictures of who future JoJo's are. Yeah, and I gotta say one of them seems to have eyes similar to Knife Girls. Mm. So I, I'm getting that feeling, but that could just be projection because they're anime characters and how many eyes are there? Yeah, there's not a lot of anime eyes out there. Not a lot of anime eyes. 
Uh, the uh, gang searches the boat. They can't find a crew. <laughs> Paul Narav then, <laughs> then guesses that maybe everyone's in the bathroom. I thought he was joking. He wasn't serious, right? I don't know. I couldn't get either, but I loved it. Everyone's like, wait, there's no one driving the boat. We're in the radio room. What's happening? And Paul Narav maybe they're all in the bathroom. We get a lot of palette shifts this episode, too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, then we get the the uh, man. We get a menacing moment where Knife Girl opens a room and she finds. Oh boy! Here's the the best thing about this episode. Uh, our our guy here is referred to as a monkey, an ape, an orangutan, also an ape again. <laughs> uh, they they find an orangutan in a cage and uh, she is menaced by it. <laughs> That's a menacing looking uh, gorilla. Yeah, I think it's an orangutan. He's right. orange most of the time. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the palette shifts makes him green. Yeah, he's purple on. at one point in the episode, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, what, what is going on? Uh, we cut back to the outside of the ship. Uh, they're they're still looking stuff over, and these sailors are looking over a crane, and um, <laughs> one guy, and it's I actually think it's kind of rad. Uh, one of the crane hooks just swings down and just murders one of the sailors, and it's. It's it's like super JoJo's Bizarre Adventure gruesome. Uh, Jotaro covers Knife Girl's eyes, and Joseph kind of takes command of the moment. He's like, if you want to live, listen to this. Ah, and he gives a big old speech. He doesn't do a full come with me if you want to live, though. No, uh, spoilers. None of them live, and I don't see any of them die after this. Do you? No, we don't get... No. Because at the end of this episode, there was only one lifeboat. And I didn't see any of these guys on it. No. Well, they all die, but we don't get to see them die. We just see the aftermath. We just get to assume that it was real bad for them. <laughs> it looked bad. Um, we we get a we get a moment where like they're still like we this is bad. We still don't see a stand. And Kekoin's like, well, hold on. Hierophant Green's kind of gross. Let me look for him. <laughs> Slithers into a crack. <laughs> slithers into a crack in the boat and just is like and then for because of how how this episode plays Herophant Green is wiggling and writhing through this boat for a while <laughs> of anime wait. time and an important distinction that I didn't know to even think about our make until episode 8 yeah I guess, I guess Herophant Green is a stand who can see yeah he's like a periscope unlike, unlike, unlike other stands <laughs> Uh, stand rolls come uh, fast and loose. Uh, Knife Girl proves that she is a smart character as she's backing away from the team and goes like, these people are trouble. She's not <laughs> wrong. She's totally not wrong. And uh, Joseph notices that she's like smartly backing up and he's like, don't worry. Everything will be a-okay. And uh, the piano uh, version of the theme starts playing. It does. He had a better line than that, though. It was just like, you know, he didn't he didn't try to dissuade her of that opinion either. He's like, no, no, we're look, we're totally safe, good guys. He was like, look, you might be right about it. Like he didn't say that part. Like you might be right about all this, but he does say at the end of that, is like, we are on your side. Like it was yeah. a good way to, to truthfully say, without denying the fact that they are definitely jinxes that get everyone around them killed. <laughs> um, if you die on our watch, I'm not going to blame myself. Is what Joseph says while looking her <laughs> in the eyes. I love Joseph. I've never gotten over that. I think he's, you know what? The pillar men may be gone, but Joseph in their stead has become my king. He is. He is. He's great. He's good grandpa in that moment. He got, yeah. he got the good grandpa vibes. And then he tries to sell her a house. <laughs> well, I have you. Um, once. Just once. 
just once. And then to repay his speech about all that kind of stuff, the girl immediately goes back to the freaking orangutan. I don't know why she, that's her first decision, but she goes back to check on the creepy uh, orangutan who looks like something out of Attack on Titan. Yeah, a little bit. It's like a, an overly, like it's too human, like even for a real life, too human. Kind of yeah. looking face with like long eyelashes. Or, oh, you know what it looks like? What? Do you remember Sasquatch from the Venture Brothers? <laughs> yes. It That's does kind of resemble like. Sasquatch from Venture Brothers. <laughs> oh, it totally looks like that. It's just real creepy and it's on it doesn't look enough like an orangutan. Like they they messed up. They messed up. I think okay, what happens next though should at least tipped off all the stand users on the ship. Yeah, well they weren't in the room to watch this happen. So we not? Okay, I guess, yeah, just the sailors. Alone. That's right. Yeah. So she we get an extended sequence. Which is a lot like the movie. Um, oh shoot! If I want to make this joke, I need to remember the name of the movie. What's the Amy Adams film where she's trying to te- learn the language of the aliens? Um. Oh crap! You hadn't asked me. Uh, <laughs> uplift alien left uh, Amy around Adams. arrival. Arrival. Yeah. So we arrival, get a, we, we get our ver- we get the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure version of Arrival. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Uh, so the the gorilla or the orangutan points at the lock on his cage, and he's like, "Hey, look at this lock." And at first, you think it's like, "Oh, do you want me to let you out of there? How do I let you out of there?" He then hands her half an apple, and she's like, "Wait a minute. Well, there's got to be people on the boat. You're 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 a monkey. Monkeys can't cut apples." And while she's having this thought, the monkey then strikes a match <laughs> to light a cigarette, and he starts smoking, <laughs> which. <laughs> I'm a fan of that moment. I don't remember. Did they did they censor him smoking? No, no. That that monkey's of age. So an orangutan can totally. Oh, Jojo's underage. Is that the issue? Is that why He's they seventeen? Keep... He's seventeen. You can't show a seventeen year old smoking. Maybe is that why they censor Jojo? Interesting. I never That's thought my about theory. it. I never thought it was his age. But it's, it holds up with the monkey smoking, or maybe monkey smoking is just cool, and censors are going down with that. That monkey, that monkey is so cool, and I do love the fact where it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like that pillar man's a genius. He's like that smoke. That if that monkey could smoke, smoke, he is smart. Well, he doesn't just smoke too. Like he's he's good about it. Like yeah, he's confidently <laughs> lighting that cigarette. Um, but before she can really think too much about how smart this orangutan is, he then pulls out a Playboy. <laughs> Which is hidden somewhere in there. He's got it in a set. He's got like a bag of Playboys in his in his orangutan cage. So someone left him equipped. Um, and it's it's really creepy. It's really skeevy. Knife Girl is creeped out by it. Everyone is creeped out by it. Two sailors walk in. Oh yeah, we're neither of us are fans. And then two guys that have missed the moment. Uh, two sailors walk in and go like, "Oh hey, the only two guys that know exactly what they're looking at." They're like, "Oh hey, look at that orangutan!" Like, "Hey kid, get away from that orangutan! That thing can rip your arms off. Let's get out of here." And then they all leave the room, and we're we're left with creepy orangutan looking at, at Playboy. Not good. No, not good. Ugh. Uh, we then cut back to Kekoin, who has done. Uh, having Harold Frank Green looking around, and he's like, I've looked at every nook and cranny, and I found no life on the ship. I'm so bummed that that is, I think, the only thing Kitcoin does maybe this whole episode. I like the next two. Oh, yeah, you're right. This isn't really, if you're a Kitcoin fan, like, 
like I am. These are not good episodes for our boy. Yeah, this block was a bit coinless. I mean, uh-huh. he, did, he did do something this episode. He got real get creepy with, with Hereford Green, which is, I guess, his thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, slither in there, my boy. <laughs> and it, it slithered out more creepily than it slithered in, too. Maybe yeah, it, I, it did look like they were animated. I think they did redraw it coming out because it looked real weird. It That is a creepy stand. Um, We then have the sailors. They're all in the radio room trying to make the radio room work, and uh, Knife Girl notices them. And then uh, the worst thing in the world happens. Uh, she smells herself and then goes, oh, I'm so sticky from the ocean. And then I can't, I do not understand the geography of this. Because she like looks to her left and then finds a shower. So I guess there's a shower within sight of the radio room or something. Sure. I don't, I don't know how ships are laid out. I never served on one. Ah, uh, whatever. Um, oof. Uh, I then wrote in my notes uh, just for, for legal reasons. It is my belief that she is just short and is probably 45. <laughs> I guess we had a whole, we spent a whole episode. Like I think half of our last episode was discussing. Is she actually a kid? And the anime doesn't help. The anime and does it, not help. It is not to its credit that it doesn't help. Nope. 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 And nope. Anyway, uh, she starts taking a shower and then it is revealed while she's taking a shower, that uh, the radio room full of sailors is now a radio room full of dead sailors. They're all super cut up and covered in blood, and they're all super dead. That would have been funny if their arms had been ripped off. That would have been great. Like, at least that one guy. I I don't think it was that obvious. That would have been funny. Damn it. No, they're all just, like, really kind of mangled. They're not even really torn up. It looks like someone just machine gun, like Tommy gunned them. Yeah. Good old Joseph. Yeah, they got straight Yeah. <laughs> oh man, now that's a JoJo. Oh, well, let's 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 push through. Let's carry on. Let's soldier through. Anyway, uh, the orangutan basically psycho style opens up the uh, the shower curtain, and uh, it's real creepy. And we get an ad break. Thank goodness. It's creepy. It is creepy for way too long. It is very. He's it like, ex- ooh, and he's making creepy. like weird noises too. Yeah, he's doing he's weird, like, weird gestures, weird pointing, weird noises, and it goes on for way too long. And it's, it is, uh, I, uh, yeah. I don't know what Araki wanted from here. I don't know. This is like a thing where it was probably maybe like three panels in the comic, and they're like, "Oh, we could sp- we could stretch this out." I don't know what the anime makers wanted, and yeah, I have no some, idea. Someone. We we get a brief vacation from that, and uh, Jotaro has found the empty cage. <laughs> that is, I guess, the only thing that happens in that moment. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of knife girl and orangutan. It's all creepy. It's all terrible. We get that thing that you reference where he like uh, points at her and then he like lunges at her. And uh, fortunately, uh, Jojo has moved real quick. And I, I don't even think this is star platinum. I think Jotaro, with his own arm strength, just wallops that orangutan in the head with a lock. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we had any reason to believe otherwise. Yeah. And then he throws the lock at him, and it's fight time. We get <laughs> maybe my favorite line of this episode where Jotaro points at him and says, this ape, Ellipsis, is no ordinary ape. <laughs> That's right in line, though. It's so good. Um, the fight kind of begins, and... Uh, out of nowhere, the ceiling fan uh, rips itself off the ceiling and stabs comically into JoJo's shoulder. 
And then he just starts talking about like, wait a minute, did the orangutan make this happen? Moves like a Toontown cartoon, kind of. It totally because then it slaps him in the face. Yeah. Um, it's real goofy. Like he tries to pull this, but the thing is, like he no sells it. Like it's just sticking to there. It's like, oh man, how did this get here? What's what's going on? And when he tries to pull it out, it like, you know, Roger Rabbit style, yeah. just slaps him right in the face. Yeah. It's goofy. It's real goofy. Um, let me see here. And it, it slaps him so hard that he like slams into the wall. And while JoJo's getting beat up, he's like, wait a minute, where's the enemy stand? I still didn't detect anything. And again, I know that I like to think I would have picked up myself with the twists before now without you having told me a decade ago. Oh, yeah. That you would have been like, sure, wait a minute. I mean, JoJo's freaking out. He doesn't know. He's like, how come I can't detect its energy? Uh, we then have a moment where like, uh, like a, a a window explodes but then and i think this is really cool star platinum comes out and then grabs all of the window glass and like like has it in between his fingers and he like punches at the orangutan and it looks dope uh unfortunately though uh the orangutan then uh i'm gonna say melts or something he just like phases into the wall it's, it's not even as like it's like the pillar men when they move through things they just move through it like it wasn't there he just kind of phases like yeah, it, it engulfs him like a god. There's a horror movie I saw when I was probably ten on TV, and I never remember it. But there were like hands in the wall and it just absorbed people. It was like yeah. that, and it brought yeah. back bad memories for me. I was gonna say it's like when a wizard walks into a magic mirror, but your yours is more evocative. I'm sorry that I can't remember where it came from. Oh man, yeah, it was creepy. All this time, gratuitous ass shots on. 45-year-old oh. knife girl. Yeah, 35-year-old. Uh, she, she's got two houses. She's buying a oh, nice we saw beach less, house. We saw less of Lisa Lisa's ass than this. Maybe. And she was in her, what, 70s, 60s? You know, she was 50, right? Oh, uh, 50. That's right, it was. She was 50. Yeah, she was 50. And she was 50. 50. <laughs> there's way too much of that. Yeah, there's way too much of Knife Girl, who... I really wish we had a name for her because especially in this context, I don't want to refer to her as Knife Girl. Yeah, it'd be great if the anime had given us... An, she's been in two episodes and no yeah. name. Knife Three gal. by the end of the next one and still no Knife name. Knife Gal. I keep wanting to call her like New Smokey. Yeah, Smokette. <laughs> Smokette or Paka. Or Poka. Poka, Poka yeah. Poco, but Poka. I got you. I follow. I follow. Yeah, here for it. Not the best jokes. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> she's still she's still hanging out naked while JoJo. It's great. Instead of like, hey, get your clothes on or doing something like that, he like gets close to her and he's like, hold on, let me think out loud about how messed up this situation is. And uh, just as he realizes that the boat must be the stand, we cut back to everyone else who then realizes the boat's the stand, and then Paul Naraf. The, the gold standard of this episode goes like, that doesn't make any sense. The girl and the, and the sailors saw the boat. It can't be a stand. He's bringing down the stand logic. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute. I know our rules have been fast and loose, but that seems a bit weird. And then I think it's Avdol who's like, well, maybe it's like the energy inside of the boat. It's too big, so everyone has to see it. They can't hide itself or something. Yeah, and then it's like, but we're all too busy being sucked into the boat and being murdered to debate this too much. Uh, we then get, wow, man, this almost redeems the episode. The orangutan is back, and he is now dressed as a Navy captain. He's smoking a pipe, holding a dictionary, and a Rubik's Cube. 
Now that's what I remember. Like the, what you showed me from the OVA was him in like a captain's outfit. Yeah, I gotta find that. I found those DVDs. I gotta pop those in and rewatch this episode in particular. Um, but yeah, he is. Uh, he's holding a dictionary and he's pointing at the dictionary definition of strength. And Jotaro and the narrator spend time reading it, and then they look all the way at the bottom of the page, like also a uh, you know an Arcana, also yeah. a Tarot card Arcana. I just, uh, maybe I need to look up the dictionary myself because I got a feeling it doesn't include being an Arcana. Dictionary.com.com. Well, you got to tell me. Dictionary.com. We have. Please tell me if Dictionary.com mentions that strength is also an Arcana. It does not. Oh. I got. Oh, there's a see more button. Let me click that. Uh, is 13, there see more? I got 13 definitions. Any of them are canas? Uh, I'm just going to hit search for Nope, nothing. <laughs> what? No, what? not a one mention of the tarot here, Pat. Who gave that, that orangutan that dictionary? <laughs> what kind of... He looks so smug when he's pointing to it, too. It's like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> this will creep strength. him out. My favorite thing in the art is like, if this dictionary doesn't creep him out, me solving this Rubik's Cube sure will. <laughs> the Rubik's Cube is great. That is an amazing moment of all this. This monkey's a genius. Oh my god. It's, he's used his boat powers, his psychic boat powers to like make pipes and stuff come out. And he's like holding uh, Jotaro and Star Platinum separately up against the wall and uh, is solving a Rubik's a, a fruit and monkey themed Rubik's Cube. To flex on everybody. <laughs> this is a moment. I think this is where I remembered it. I and other people did this too. I YouTubed it to see if someone had. I, I YouTubed the moment to see if I remembered it correctly. Yeah. Um. Maybe you remember this when Dio was fighting uh, our original doe-eyed uh, Jonathan back in the yay day. He told him that his Haman was useless. Do you remember? Do you remember how that that uh, this exchange went between them? He said, your Haman oh is God. useless. Your, your Haman training is useless. We got our first almost muda, muda, muda. Yeah. Because he said, a monkey cannot stand against a man. Yes. That was his exact quote. And yet, here we are, Pat. He, he trained that orangutan to prove that statement wrong. He wants to defy reality. That's, that's why he did that. Maybe it's what he does. Like a monkey might have done it. I want the flashback thing. where he recruited the monkey. Hello <laughs> there, monkey. Is there a flesh gets, bud? Is there a like, flesh bud on that ape? Who knows? Those things are plot armor tiny when they want to be. They don't check either. They don't that bother to check. Yeah, it's all hair. It could be anywhere on there. Maybe it's an innocent orangutan. Yeah. Just, Dio is controlling this poor orangutan that was born with a stand. Well, whatever. He's a creepy anime pervert, and he uh, yeah. is a total creepy anime. I wrote in my notes, this orangutan is a creepy anime pervert, and this will probably be his downfall. I don't know how you feel about me summarizing it to this degree, but my next note is Jojo then wins the fight with a very stupid combination of a button and the star finger attack. I remember thinking while he was pointed, pinned there, I was like, this would be a great time for the star finger attack, Jojo. I honestly didn't think he was going to do it. He had to wait his moment to use star finger. Did you get what was up with the button? Was the button off of his uniform or something? Well, he could sense any part of the boat coming at him, so he could always dodge it. So the fact that he got hit by something, I think that's the problem. Mm. It seemed like a pride thing. It's weird. He threw a button at the at the orangutan. It made the orangutan so angry. It 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 stopped. I don't know. He uh, uh. and then he's like, 
He's like, oh, the orangutan like rips off its captain's jacket. It's like, oh, you're showing me your belly because you think I'm going to give you mercy. And then he oro oro oros him, and uh, he does not show the orangutan mercy. I think this might actually be our first legitimate oro oro, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good one. Well, no, it wasn't because maybe there was a flesh bud on that orangutan. Maybe it's just an yeah. animal that didn't know. Maybe. Well, I don't. I don't think the flesh bud put the perversion in it. So maybe. It's a creature. Anyway, it, I'm under the impression that Jotaro murdered that orangutan oh, because yeah. the boat starts to disappear and melt and everyone has to run. Uh, fortunately, uh, I guess maybe they grabbed her clothes for the lifeboat, but Knife Girl is thankfully dressed again. And uh, everyone refers to... I think everyone on that boat, there's multiple different... Like, oh man, that ape, that monkey. Like, they have different definitions in the boat. <laughs> And uh, taking the correct lesson for this, Joseph is like, man, I wonder what other kind of crazy stand users we're going to run into. <laughs> He's like, boy, if that's crazy, it's only going to get nutser. And then Paul Nareff has gum. Was it supposed to be gum or was it censored cigarettes? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. No, I'm pretty sure he had gum. That's what I his, thought. His Jotaro was like, I think, I don't, he was like, he was censored smoking again. Yeah, he was. And like Paul had shadow, gum. And he was complaining that his cigarettes were too wet to smoke. And Paul said, hey, guys, gum. I brought some yeah. gum. I have some French gum. Wee oui, wee. Oui. It kind of grew on me here. I got to say. Like, it's, Paul, <laughs> Paul Nareff is the kind of guy who brings gum to the get-together and offers it to everyone. Hey, you want some and gum? Now, I brought some gum. That's a I positive got a couple extra quality sticks. trait. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's like, I don't care if this thing is it has stand users or not. I'm getting on this boat. These people might just be in the bathroom. This is stupid. If the girl could see it, it's not a stand. Do you have some gum? Polnareff, all bangers, all episode long. A lot of character development, despite being secondary to the whole episode. Yeah. He, when, well, he, JoJo was primary. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost feel like he wasn't in it. The, it's crazy because it's like Polnareff, every time the camera came to him, he made use of the time he got. Kekyoin and Avdol are not making good use of the time the camera. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I forgot to mention Avdol. I'm sure he said stuff in this episode. Uh, Avdol? Yeah, you mentioned him once because he was the one who came up with the wallet. Maybe the energy of it's just oh, too yeah. big. Like, that's about all he really got. Oh, uh, Avdol. Uh, we then cut back to Dio and the old lady. And the old, oh, this is one she, I, I mis yeah. misguessed it. He's like, there's still six boss characters left. Still, still six mini bosses, and one of them's my boy. And oh, then yeah. we got a, a ghostly outline of Dio's uh, awesome stand, whatever could it be? Oh, did we? I didn't notice the stand outline. If you look, there's like a ghostly kind of look. Oh yeah, because she's 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 doing the fan club things. Like your stand is unbeatable. Oh, this is why I want yeah, to be by you, Dio. Oh, but it's it's not just that one of them is her boy. Like not only does she drop that plot drum, that, yeah. that little that little plot bomb. It's that, this is the first time we get to see her hands. Oh, yeah. And she makes a very distinct statement. My boy's right arm will deal with them. Yes. He's got two of them. Yes. You <laughs> know, I like I do. I forgot to write that in my notes. But yeah, totally. Paul Naraf's sister was murdered by that lady's son. You know, in case there was any doubt from when, the, you, from when yeah. they, for no real good reason discerned that last episode for for those of you who are still with it here's the killer so now we got get to watch paul Naraf, uh accuse no right person for at least five times yeah you're right that is what they've teased to me uh we then uh and i'm gonna say justice for kekyoin 
because the narrator doesn't even give our boy Kekuan a chance to give us Singapore facts. <laughs> oh, you're right. We just get the history of Singapore before Kekuan can say anything. Um, and then uh, it looks like the gang is going to stay at a hotel and the episode ends uh, with a shot of a creepy looking doll in one of the hotel rooms. That is episode seven, Matt. Man, I'm sure that creepy looking doll is just a normal, absolute doll and won't be a spoiler at all for what's going to happen. I guess they don't even try to make it a a secret in the next episode, but they why try did, to pretend like it is, I guess. At that point, why not just have menacing over the doll? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like they don't, they didn't lean into it hard enough for what they were doing. Like, it's already obvious. Yeah. Considering this is this is a series without subtlety, not leaning in is almost subtlety. So the fact that they did that is like a little bit like, come on. Yeah. Like at least at least do the do the thing. Do the thing. Yeah, even if they hadn't though, that is that doll stands out, even in a JoJo fashion world. It's Especially just how in bizarre and creepy it looks. It's a random doll in Singapore. Yeah. It doesn't add up. It don't add up. Don't add up. I hate that episode. I'm glad we're done with it. Yeah, it was it wasn't great. It felt short, uneventful, and what was it wasn't it was terrible. Yeah, it was uh God. That that orangutan sucks. A little bit of forget everything that wasn't Polner F. Oh, Polner F is remember when he had gum? Yeah. Also Joseph. Joseph had a had a good grandfather moment there. Oh yeah. Great. And he was he tried he told everyone he was gonna figure it out and it totally didn't work. Nope. Little <laughs> boy though. I'm 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 a little bothered that it was just called strength. I don't remember. It just seems weird that it didn't have a color or something. Because we've had Tower of Gray, but this one is just strength, I guess. Oh, well, would you, well, how would you color strength? Strength, strength. Know. Blue, red, strength. Oh, we have magicians red. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Random color, like all colors of the rainbow. Strength. Yeah. All righty, but that's that's just indeed. Indeed, strange. Anyway, let's. You, you ready to jump in episode eight, which I think oh, we both liked God, better? Yes. Yes. All righty. Let's get back to what uh, what we signed up for. <laughs> we signed up for some JoJo. You ready for some gosh darn JoJo? There was a series on the Sci Fi Channel of like this. There was like a it sure existed outside of Sci Fi. There was like a trilogy or so of these horror yeah. movies, and it was about puppets that kill people. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Oh shoot! That's like um, buh, 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 buh. it's it. One of the guys from the room is in one of those movies. Really? The guy that played Mock. He but was in see, one of those. You know the movie I'm thinking about? Yeah. There were like this one Evil guy puppet, has a bunch Evil. of has a bunch of really weird, like ugly, like puppets, and they, like one of them has like a the drill for a head. Isn't it literally called like Puppet a... Master or something? Yeah, I think it is. I think you might have it right. I think it might actually be called. And one of them they killed Nazis, I think. Ooh. <laughs> no, right? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things called. There's Puppet Master. There's Puppet Master Axis of Evil. I think that might be the one. You know, yeah, for, that, for yeah. There, there's there's a puppet with a drill on its head, and they're on top. Yeah, yeah. Oh this man, is it. there's a little, lot of Puppet Master movies. Damn. I'm pretty sure one of those has the guy that played Mark in a. Uh, really, in Marky Mark? Movies. Well, no, Mark. Hello, Mark. Yeah, I got, I got you. I don't know why He's, it's the Marky Mark, but. That is an actual person. Matt Wahlberg is not involved. Well, just a in funny way to say Mark, Mark. Wahlberg. There we yeah. Go. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness! But episode eight, the devil. We're in. Uh, we're in Singapore. Singapore, and uh, we get a. I'm going to say yet again. Good. Good moment for Polnareff here. Good character building moment. You know, it's funny though because 
All right, go on. Describe the scene. I'll, I'll talk about my reaction. Right, so, so um, a, a Singapore cop comes up and starts yelling at Polnareff that he is littering, that he is throwing trash on the ground, that he's going to owe them 500 Singapore dollars. And it is quickly revealed that what he is referring to trash is Polnareff's luggage. He's hauling <laughs> stuff around in a bag. It's so gross. And it's just, he's got this moment where he, the way he's reacting to the cop is he's like leaning on him. And it reminds me that this guy was definitely a villain three or four episodes ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is getting that, he's got that face on him that the, like the unfriendly, like, he would be a German in another, like, kind of era yes. movie. With yes, that, indeed. like, strong brow line he's got going on and that evil looking smile. Like, he's from that era of villainy. Yeah, he's definitely not French enough. But yeah, I just love the idea where it's like every all of his possessions he has with him looks enough like garbage that he almost gets a ticket. <laughs> well, he, well, he gets aggressive with the cop too, though. He's like, yeah, tell, point at the trash. Tell me what the garbage is. Would you like some gum? <laughs> um, but yeah, we get a thing. The cop eventually leaves. Everyone laughs at Polnareff, uh, including Knife Girl. <laughs> yeah. And, Who's still uh, there and surprises everyone. Still there. They had lost. They had not noticed that she was with them, and they're all like, "Why are you still here? Where's your dad?" She's like, "I'm meeting my dad in five days," and they all have a moment where they're like, "Oh, well, we can't just leave her out here. She's going to be sitting on the street for five days." And then Joe's, yeah, was Singapore yeah. their original destination? Uh, I think that was. This was. I think they still ended up where they wanted to go. Okay. Like they wanted to get to Singapore because I think if we if we ever look at the map, I think the goal was like from Hong Kong to get to Singapore. Okay. Um, but yeah, they 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 need to Joseph is like, well, I'll pay for her to get a hotel room too. Paul Naraf, you know, use your diplomacy to make her not feel guilty about us getting her hotel room. And Paul Naraf, the French gentleman charmer, goes like, Hey, hey, you are poor. Come with us, wee wee. Hey, because you're so poor. Let's buy you a hotel, poor. Hey, we feel so bad for you that we're going to just do this for you. Uh, like he, yeah, he, he's perfect. Very charismatic. Very, very high on that. So I guess that means that when he was being an absolute creep to the, the women taking pictures, that was a he's, he's, he's the guy with the failure of charisma. Yeah, he, he's constantly character. rolling twos and threes. Everyone loves Kakyoin when he talks. Yeah. Not so much. Everyone loves Jojo when he looks. Yeah. Polnareff, he is, he is everyone that's just kind of dealing with Paul. Polnareff is an honest soul. He's like a dog. <laughs> I like Polnareff. He grew on me very fast. <laughs> the span of two episodes. These yeah, two real quick. Like, real yeah. quick. We needed two episodes for us to dig in on our French guy. Uh, we get to the the uh, the hotel, and it, it turns out that they're a little busy, so they're going to have to share rooms, which I think Joseph would be stoked about because that means less rooms. Mm -hmm. And uh, we then pair people off. So Joseph and Avdol. Uh, Kakuin gets his best and maybe only line of the episode where he goes like, well, Jotaro and I should share a room because we're students. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so two episodes ago, he talked about being students. This is his deal. We are students. We should share a room because we are students. That's all a cover, Pat. It's all a cover. It's all a cover. Uh, and then uh, we're informed by Knife Girl that she does not want to share a room with Polnareff. Which so is both... fair. Very fair. He just called her poor. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get separate rooms for Knife Girl and Polnareff. And uh, Polnareff is excited uh, that he is going to have a room on his own. However, the rooms are spread out. So if anything happens, uh, they're going to be uh, set at different places. He's in, he's in room 912. And it looks 
I'm going to say a little creepy. A little creepy when he's walking into that room. A little bit. We get like an ominous camera angle. We see the creepy doll. And I, I love this. We get a little bit of a fake out moment where Paul Naraf walks into the room and then goes like, I know I'm not alone. And then some dude comes out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah. The doll's nothing. It's just the dude in the fridge. <laughs> it's so great. We have the doll teased for the teaser. We see the doll in the room and he's like, all right, who's there? And then a man has stuck himself in the fridge and then the intro happens. That's great. Best reveal. I love that. <laughs> Man in a fridge. Man in a fridge. You know, even back then, JoJo was defying future stereotypes. Yeah, exactly. Dude dude was in that fridge. <clears throat> it's so good. It's and so good. the dude good. who's in the fridge does the killing. Yeah, exactly. It's subversion of the greatest degree. Uh, the intro happens yet again. That intro is still uh, just way into it. Big yeah. fan. I'm rocking that, especially when that beat drops, where you start hearing that guitar really heavy riff. Yeah, that moment where it drops. Yeah, that one. That moment is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gotten to me. It's good. It's good. Uh, We're back in the hotel room. Fridge man's like doing wiggles. Like he's kind of. I guess he's stretching out because he was inside of a fridge. (laughs) Who knows how long? Apparently a little while. Uh, Paul Naraf immediately wants to know the dude's name, and we find out that his name is Soul Sacrifice. And then he has the stand devil, which specializes in mental attacks. The, his name isn't soul. It's not soul sacrifice. It's soul sacrifice, which God, what was the exact phrase? Soul sacrifice, which speaks of the devil. Or well, which I thought he said, my name is soul sacrifice and my, and my arcana is the devil. Like, I think it's, I thought his stand was literally the devil. That's what it is. Um, multiple times in this episode, he's referred to as soul sacrifice, who suggests the devil. Who suggests the devil? He says, "My name is Soul Sacrifice. My stance suggests the card calls the devil." And at least twice more, they say Soul Sacrifice, which suggests the devil. And okay. I just, I am down on calling him that, no matter what else he gets called for the rest of this episode. He has Soul Sacrifice that suggests the devil. All righty, I'm looking this up in the uh, manga. His name is Devo. 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 All right. So is um yeah his name is Devo the Cursed. Soul sacrifice was just the devil. So yeah. Oh, even better. Are you familiar with Soul Sacrifice? Which suggests the devil? It's a song written by Santana. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> Pour one out for the smartest being in the world. <laughs> the guard dog they trained wrong on purpose. They got him as a baby. They made him that. Like they made him that way. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in the dub, apparently they just refer to him as Soul Sacrifice, which is just the devil. Okay. And his stand's name is Ebony Devil. I forgot about that. That is revealed later. Yes, yeah, later. After we, after you know, the the, the twist is twist is twist. Oh, the twisty twists. Anyway, he he basically is like, I have a psychic type Pokemon. <laughs> um, and then he looks at Paul and he's like, How did you know I was in the fridge? And boy, <laughs> this is incredible. A great answer. It's a wonderful. Paul Naraf, like rushes at the guy, grabs the guy, goes like, you idiot. Everything that was in the fridge was on top of the fridge. It's melting. It's melting. Like all the, all the ice is melted, the drinks, like this condensation everywhere. Like the guy emptied out the mini fridge. <laughs> and like didn't hide it. Like it's just on top of it. And we'll learn later in the episode that this is 
this is like another Jack the Ripper kind of character. This is another one of um the, yeah the Gray. The, what was his name? Tower of Gray. Tower. This is another Tower of Gray, Jack the Ripper kind of thing. Where this is a professional serial killer assassin kind of thing. No one ever notices the drinks on the fridge. <laughs> Nobody. It's oh my goodness. You would have to be at least three degrees Frenchman to recognize yeah. the emptying of the fridge. Of course, I would notice an empty fridge. Wahaha. <laughs> Uh, and I wonder, it's so funny, later in the episode, Polnareff is so worried about getting charged for losing the room key. Why isn't he freaking out about the mini fridge? Fair point. That stuff was all removed. Stuff was all removed. Expensive stuff. We then get the, uh, we basically get a straight up, they, they, they summon their, their stands. Uh, Ebony Devil versus Silver Chariot. It is fight time. Uh, or at least it looked like it was going to be fight time because Polnareff, uh, using Silver Chariot, stabs... Soul sacrifice a bunch in the face, and then even comments that the monkey was a scarier opponent. His thing is speed. He wasn't gonna wait. Yeah, I know. He's so quick. He stabs him through the eye, and I'm calling bullshit from here on out about that, though. Yeah. Well, the the dude is like, "Oh, my eye! You ruined my eye! Ah, it's so bad! Ah!" He like, and he, the actor, the Japanese actor, is great. He's like, every now and then, he just does like a. Yeah. Just like freaking out, making noises. And then he's like, I'm going to put a curse on you. Your curse, Polnareff. Oh, well, you've, you've ruined my eye, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse you right back. Does and then he, he, like, wiggles out to the balcony. Does he say here that he did it on purpose to it? I let you stab me on purpose so that I can hate you. I hate you so much now. <laughs> that is part of his thing where he's like, yeah, this is my plan. Like, I meant to get stabbed, you idiot. I want you to stab me in the eye, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> My genius plan to get stabbed in the eye. Paid I off. Hid, you dummy. You dumb dumb. I hid in your mini fridge so you would stab me in the eye. And it's all coming up soul sacrifice. <laughs> oh, which suggests the devil. Which, <laughs> and then he, um, oh God, I wish I could think of a movie reference. This has happened in a billion films. He like uh, falls backwards off the balcony and then disappears Batman style. Hmm. Um, and then, and this is my favorite thing in the world. Like the guy's like, I'm a curse you for my eye, my eye. You stabbed me in the eye. And in response, something then cuts Polnareff in the leg. Like, it, <laughs> like, it looks like a hamstring. Like it, it looks like it slices right across his tendon down there. Oh, it looks like a hunk of Polnareff falls on the ground. Polnareff looks like he should be dead by the end of this episode. He has a rough, yeah. It is not pull punches with the wounds he's about to get. And the blood should... is everywhere. How can he put weight on that leg? Um, but yeah, so he he gets a cut cut in a, he gets a cut in the leg. The camera does like a low angle horror movie, like Chucky angle. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense. <laughs> and uh Polnareff, oh he doesn't notice this, but the doll's gone when he turns around. And doesn't care. Like, he noticed the fridge, but he doesn't notice yeah. the super creepy-ass uncalled-for doll in his room. Yeah, he doesn't. Moved. It is funny, though, because he, he intelligently quickly call, picks up the phone and then makes a call. He calls Joseph's room. Yeah. There's this great little... I like this because it feels realistic, or I guess I just love this little note where he calls Joseph and Avdol picks up, and he's like, oh, Avdol, I was calling for Joseph. Anyway. Like, yeah. It is kind of a neat little slice of life little moment. It's like, Mr. Joestar, they tried to attack me. Avdol, uh, doesn't oh. matter. 
Oh, hey, Abdul. Like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I was. I thought I would talk to... Anyway, and then it, it pans down and we see that the, the, the doll is under the bed holding a razor blade. I gotta admit, I feel like a little bit of an idiot. Because at this point, I was starting to question what was real and what was not. Because for mm. a moment, like, well, he got stabbed through the eye. So I was thinking, if he got stabbed through the eye, doesn't the stand get stabbed through the eye, too? Like, why isn't the doll bleeding? Because mm. I forgot that... I think those wounds only go one way. Yeah. Like it's just from the stand of the person. So I was, I'm a little bit of an idiot. I was like, well, maybe the, maybe the doll is the actual person and the person was the stand. Yeah. Like that'd be a twist. That'd throw me for a loop. Yeah. What a twist. What a twist. Yeah. I think the rules are definitely a little, a little wacky on this one. Yeah. Wacky on this one. Um, we, we get another, yet again, I, I would also like to double down on the slice of life thing. The uh, camera pans over while Abdal is talking to Polnareff over the phone. We see in the background that Joseph is getting changed. <laughs> I All like right. that. He's switching outfits. He's now wearing a, instead of the red striped shirt, he's wearing a blue striped shirt with a pink uh, pink jacket, I think, or a pink. I did, uh, I did not notice the outfit change. I, 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 weirdly enough, I seem to pick up on him, but I think it's I so rare for it to happen in shows. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said Joseph, and I'm still thinking of Jotaro. Yeah, Joseph's outfit change, I noticed, because he's still got oh, okay. the power. Yeah, Joseph, Joseph's a student. He can't I, change his clothes. I'm, yeah, I'm used to Joseph changing. Jotaro, though, that would have thrown me, that's who I thought you were talking about, would have thrown me for a yeah. loop. Because he doesn't <laughs> change. He doesn't have that power. Uh, we also get a moment, and this, this uh, I have a lot of angry notes about this whole thing. Uh, Avdol immediately knows what's going on when he hears the name Soul Sacrifice. Um... But then they stop the phone call. He 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 doesn't give any extra info to Polnareff, doesn't say anything else. He just lets the phone call end. And no one goes to check on Polnareff, the guy who actually got attacked. Exactly. Um, they decide to call uh, Jotaro and Kekoin. But anyway, uh, at, man, Polnareff, at first I was like, well, why did he end the phone call? It turns out he's calling room service. He's like, hey, I uh, cut my leg pretty bad. Can you bring up some first aid kit stuff? Thank you. <laughs> Not worried about all the charges he's going to get for putting blood on like half the room. Yeah, the room is covered in blood. Yeah. And also he's like playing footsie with the doll. Like he's playing with nothing about the doll. This creepy doll is freaking him out. He's like playing with it with his foot. And then he picks it up and kind of looks at it and shakes it a bit. And you're just like, I'm why? N no. This is How a common, he... <laughs> this is a common toy in France. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I cannot I cannot say no to a doll. Wee wee. Um, uh, and what then the, what is this dub voice actor actually like? I gotta look that up. I'm looking that up after this. Okay, um, I want to know. We then have God, such a frustrating scene. Because just call Polnareff back, please. Avdol outlines exactly how soul sacrifice and Ebony Devil work to Joseph. Like, neither of these people are in the fight. He's like, so this guy's a Native American assassin, and his uh, stand uh, hurts. If you hurt his stand, then he hurts people back, and no one's ever gotten away. And this is all very useful information for Polnareff. <laughs> um, and then they're really worried about them all being picked off, like, one at a time. So instead of going to Polnareff, they're going to wait for him to come to them. And this plan makes no sense. To be fair, what he actually, what Soul Stealer does, Soul Stealer, what uh, Soul Sacrifice, which, uh, you know, really is the devil, um, his actual <laughs> plan that shows up too also makes no sense. It feels like he was in control of the situation far more than he should have been. 
and still didn't win like you should have. I'm going to wait in one of the rooms that hasn't been taken yet. And hopefully someone will. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. Um, God. Oh, yeah. And then that's when they call Jotaro and Kekyoin to be like, hey, come up here. And he's like, hey, we got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Naraf is back in his room. He's looking for the room key instead of leaving immediately. I guess he's also called for room service, so he's not going to leave. But he's looking for the room key and then talks about how, like, oh, man, I can't lose the key. There might be... Joseph Joestar is paying for the room. <laughs> Just lose seems, the key. Who seems to have infinite money? Yeah, it's it's real weird. I guess it is decent that he doesn't want to waste Mister Joe Star's money, but like he is wasting valuable time. He then notices that the key is under the bed, and he's like, "Oh man, let me go grab this key." Real crazy, they did under the bed. And uh, a certain yeah. face-off wouldn't have happened if he hadn't looked for that key. If he had just left, that would have completely ruined Ebony Devil's whole plan. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he reaches for the key, and then he hears, I'm going to say, much heavier or much louder footsteps than he should be hearing. <laughs> um, Which kind of freaks him out. And then, um, I'm not quite sure, it, it almost looks like, uh, I just it's wires or cords, I'm not quite sure what it's from. But he ends up getting tied to the bottom of the bed. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, they, they don't explicitly show up, but it's totally the doll. The doll sprays shampoo in Polnareff's eyes. And then that's like a hacksaw and starts cutting the bed legs, which I thought was pretty funny. And that's hilarious because he's got Polnareff at his mercy, but he doesn't cut Polnareff? No, he's got a... Why? And it's like, oh, maybe the bed's really heavy and the bed will crush him. It's like, no, it's just no, it's, it's just a severely, uh, I guess, not even like like, um, like, I don't know. He's just doing his best to ruin that guy's day. Yeah, it's like he's not even trying to kill him at this point. He's just trying to be a dick. I've inconvenienced you. Ha 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 ha. It's 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 real wacky. Uh we then get the obvious moment that was gonna happen. Uh room service shows up. And this also gets me because when room service shows up, they know Paul Naraf's name. They're like, Mr. Paul Naraf, we have your room service. So even if he lost his key, they would let him back in there. They know who it is. Man, I hate this. I hate this so much. I always feel bad with the innocent people, like innocent bystanders, just get killed. Though, in all honesty, Paul Narav, it's not like another thing where he's like, "Watch out, watch." Like Paul Narav's like, "You are gonna die if you step into this room. Please don't come into this room." He's like Twice. extremely explicit. Like, please don't do what you're about to do. You cannot. Please, please, please. God, I still feel so horrible for this poor guy, though. Oh yeah, it's real bad. God. I had to go look up what happened because they censor this. Um. He comes into the room and he's like, "Oh, this looks real bad." And then the doll jumps up and cuts the guy's face off, and he dies. It's real, like a straight razor, like a a straight shaving. Yeah, it's ah, a real close shave. Ah, um, he kills the guy, drags him into the room, and slams the door so hard that the "Do Not Disturb" sign flips over, (laughs) which I thought was a funny little moment after the ultra violence. Uh, we get a lot of manic stuff. The doll's running around. He's making crazy cackling sounds. He's having a great time. Some more uh, guest, uh, more guest work done by uh, Alan Tudyk here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, the dub would have Alan Tudyk. This would 100% be someone Alan Tudyk <laughs> would be paid to play. Uh, he's screaming at uh, Paul Naraf, um, and then so uh, Paul Naraf tries to summon Silver Chariot, and we find out that Silver Chariot's weakness, or one of his weaknesses, is that. 
Uh, even though Silver Chariot has eyes that look at stuff and look like people eyes, they're worthless. Pol yep. He has to be able to, Polnareff has to see for Silver Chariot. So, so I feel like I raised this question in probably episode one, even when yeah. we were trying to figure out what was going on with, uh, with star platinum on then, uh, then yeah. named. It's like, are they, are they, do they have a persona? Like, what are these things? He wasn't able to operate on his own at all, I guess. Like, yeah. he couldn't use his own eyes. He had to use uh, Polnareff's eyes. But he still swings and stuff. So what is going on? Like, what is the, what is the relationship between them, Pat? I do, it doesn't, <laughs> because it's not, well, the, I guess it's really ambiguous and it's never set up like Persona, where, like, it'll introduce itself. Right. Like, I am thou, thou art I. Like, we never hear them talk, but they definitely, I don't know if it's the animator's fault. I don't want to say fault, but, like, we have plenty of moments where the stands seem to have at least a level of personality. And Silver Chariot looks worried from time to time. I don't know, it's real, I don't know, it's, it's real weird. But uh, Silver Chariot basically spends the bulk of it just getting punked nonstop. <laughs> Uh, because he cannot see the doll, the doll will continually does a bunch of stuff. Like it'll, it, it cuts Silver Chariot's leg. It bites him a whole bunch of times, and uh, it's just. And as he does damage, we see those parts of Polnareff kind of like explode, and 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 he takes tons of damage. Oh, he is all bloody, and it's like vital things too are getting cut. Oh yeah, um, we get a quick cutaway to uh, Jotaro visiting Knife Girl and being like, "Yo, stay in your room." Uh, fortunately, nothing untoward happens in any of those moments, and she's written out of the episode immediately. I'll take it. I will, I will, I will, yeah, I will cash that check as well. Uh, Polnareff is not dead, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, the doll has been stabbing into the top of the bed with a spear, but is, I guess, on purpose not killing him. Maybe he just wants to freak him out. It's a sadistic thing, sure. I guess. This is what I was saying earlier, though. Like, he's in complete control of the situation. When instead of cutting the legs off, he could have cut like Polnareff's legs off at that time without stopping. He could have stabbed him through the head where he couldn't see from the other side of the bed. Yeah. And he's not. Like he's just fucking around. Yeah. He's totally just being a doofus. Uh, but even though he's being a doofus, we get this great thing where he grabs two bottles of wine and then like breaks them and he's like running around with these I kept waiting for him to stab uh Silver Chariot with those things, but he doesn't. He just kind of dodges around and I don't know. It's 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 a one-sided fight for quite for uh for quite a bit. Quite a bit. And uh they cut back to the gang who has refused to check on Polnareff, call him back or think about that. They spend more time chatting about Knife Girl, who they're like, Well, we decided to leave her on her own because she can't see Stan, so she's probably safer in her own room. And then they're all like, Where's that Polnareff? He's late. Literally, they had a five-minute timer, too. It's not like he's 20 minutes. It's not like he's late to yeah. a 20-minute meeting. He said, meet her in five minutes. And as JoJo enters, like, you guys are late. Polnareff's even later. Yeah, where is that Polnareff? Like, he called them and like, hey, I've been attacked by a stand user, an enemy stand. And they're like, all right, we'll come here in five minutes or we'll assume you're tardy. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it sort of like, man, it must be attacking Polnareff right now? Because if they hadn't, they wouldn't have had the same joke at the end of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, we cut back to Paul Naraf, who has had the bright idea of, like, even though he can't see, I guess maybe Silver Chariot can hear. So he grabs the bedsheets and tries to wrap up 
uh, the doll and the bed sheets. It doesn't work. And uh, we get a real nasty cut on Polnareff's hand uh, happening in this fight. It's real rough. It's real, real rough. Was that like a butcher knife at this point, or was it still the straight blade? It was weird. I don't know. I think the straight blade slowly became a butcher knife because of just the perspective changes. I think there was just some some issues. Um, and then uh, I totally misread where this was going to go, but then the uh, the doll starts running around breaking bottles and pouring alcohol everywhere, and then it just kind of sits down and stops. I thought it was going to reveal a lighter or a match. Yeah, like you thought it was setting up to light everything on fire. It's like, ah, ha, 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 I've soaked you in alcohol. Time to burn the room. And it but no. Juice, too. It was like, juice isn't going to be flammable. No. And uh, what he's revealed is that he has a um, a hairdryer. And he's like, I'm going to electrocute you by dropping a hairdryer on. You're oh, trapped under the bed. And I'm going to drop a hairdryer. And he's doing all the, like, the normal creepy horror doll movie stuff, too. Like, the head is going 360 over and over. Yeah. And we realize it's got, like, parasite sucker teeth, too. It's like... Oh, it's got so many teeth in there. Yeah, it's not like a human mouth. It's like a um, lamprey. Deep sea creature. Like a lamprey kind of thing. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's real It's real crazy. It's real creepy looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. and I guess if we have to reference it, he talks about eating balls. He's going to eat... He's gonna yeah, eat you got to bite your balls off, yeah. Got to bite those balls off. With the, I don't imagine like, that because pantomimes I guess, with his doll balls at the same time. Yeah, there's there's a lot of it's it's weird. It's weird. Bizarre. Um, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. So he's gonna he's gonna drop a um a, a hair dryer. Faulty looking hair dryer too. It's already it's, on fire before he drops it. Coming out of one end and the other end is sparking and arcing like crazy. I don't know how he has messed up that. Well, I guess it's an '80s hair dryer. Maybe maybe <laughs> that's '80s hair dryers were, were like. Yeah. This is what an 80s hairdryer was like, Pat. Don't you remember? Yeah, hairdryers didn't get safe until 1992. <laughs> they finally had code for they couldn't just arc lightning off of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... God, that's so funny. I, I, I think that's the, the goofiest thing in the world. So, uh, yeah, he's dropping it at him. And fortunately, uh, we get finally, in what feels like forever, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure twist. Yep. It's like, during um, the fight, I did something. Aha, little did you know, I am the smartest. Yeah. Uh, Polnareff, using Silver Chariot, stabs through the hairdryer and into the and into the doll. And he reveals that while you were knocking around, like, alcohol and breaking stuff, I shattered a mirror and spread mirror pieces in such a way that I could see from underneath the bed. And uh, it's great. It's absolutely awesome. That is a total JoJo's logic style way of dealing with something uh he then does a whole bunch of slices slices the legs off the doll and then it's like yo do you know what dude around the room too what he tosses it around he pinballs it like off every corner of the room when he tosses it oh it's yeah there is a good comedy kind of like yes he just he wallops the crap out of them and then asks him like hey do you know a dude with two right arms or it's like all assassins must know each other right well, they, he already knows he works for Dio, right? Oh, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. He was yeah. positive, so I was like, well, you work for Dio. You must know him. He's your buddy. I'm so glad you had that because I misread that entire thing. It's like, all assassins must know each other. Tell me. Um, but yeah, and then the guy's like, no dice. I'm not going to tell you nothing. I'm not going to tell you nothing. And uh, in response, Paul Naraf does a bang pose, 
And he does a pose and it goes bang. And then him and Silver Chariot are, oh, it's great. And uh, I think he says that he's going to cut up everything but the balls of that. Dog. Yeah, I was like, all right, come on, come at my ball. Like, he dares him. All right, you said you were going to buy my balls. Try it. He's like, all right. And he dives at Polnareff's balls. And then he's like, I'm cutting everything off you but your balls. Because I guess Araki had a theme going on when he wrote this month, this episode. Araki uh, had a weird couple of weeks. <laughs> weird couple of weeks for him that day. Um, but yeah, I was so happy to get a, po- a pose. I yeah, was so was... happy to get a pose. It was a great yeah, we, pose. Yeah, we didn't have one during the stupid orangutan episode. Yeah, nobody bothered to pose. No one. Uh, that was great. We got a turnabout. We got, like, he outsmarted him. We had a pose. You know, and then it's, yeah. Everything we've been missing since, you know, part two of JoJo. Yeah, this felt like a JoJo episode. This felt like maybe the first real JoJo episode of this season. Yeah, like with the Pillar Men, we had multiple poses, like every episode, man. Gosh, everyone was posing left and that's, right. Oh. That's what we're missing. It's so good. Polnareff bringing it back. Polnareff has been, oh, a boon, a boon. Uh, we then get the reveal that uh, the real soul sacrifice was in a toilet in the lobby. And this was all like his psychic stand abilities. Yeah, uh, some poor... Some poor janitor. bastard janitor found him in the stall. I was like, he got real messed up. This oh, yeah. Did. I was like, Ugh. Most everything... of it was black, so yeah, <laughs> like it was every... all censored yeah. out. Couldn't see it. Well, everything that happened to that doll happened to him, so Except you know balls. that it's not his good. His pants yeah. were still there. The only part that wasn't censored was his pants. There's the CSI over the corner. It's like, yeah. everything's torn to pieces. Except his balls. <laughs> dun, dun. That's so strange. That's so strange. Um, we then get, oh, wait, never mind. I'm skipping ahead to what I like. Uh, we yeah. then get a comedy <laughs> moment. I think you know exactly what I wanted to skip to. Uh, Paul Nareff finally shows up to the meeting. And even though he is covered in wounds and bleeding, uh, the team is all like, why were you so late? We have to talk about how we're going to beat soul sacrifice. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's just a stupid joke, but you know what? I'm here for that one. It's a good it's, joke. Because he's like, he's dying. Like, he falls down the wall. Yeah. Does one of their stands heal? Because I don't get what the fuck happens between that and the next scene. Because he's perfectly fine in the next scene. You're totally he right. Is, I don't think he, he is heal. dying in that scene right now. Like, he... He's like, he's had critical tendons cut. I think some arteries are open right now, actively bleeding. Like, his hand is all messed up, and he had... Yeah. It, it's it looks like he's about to like uncoil and fall apart when he walks into that room um and that would be the best thing ever but then we immediately cut to the fact that polnareff has been arrested it is in a police station being interrogated i'm so glad they did this scene though because i feel like we've always gotten away with the trail of corpses we left behind everywhere it's so funny too he's like well we found the dead He's being framed, I guess, for the murder of the uh, the bellhop from the the room service guy. It makes sense. It's really funny. Yeah, there's like we found a dead body in your room. You're gonna explain that, and then we get like a how did they pull this off? Potter was like, I have my right to remain silent, and then a Speedwagon Foundation <laughs> lawyer makes it all go away. This is starting to make the Speedwagon Foundation seem really scary, Pat. They disappeared a murder. <laughs> they did in Singapore. Yeah, in Singapore. <laughs> like what the shit? How they much power did this? The... Or... They are the shadowy organization, Pat. They are he the was... Illuminati. 
He was born on Ogre Street and made it big with that Texas tea. Uh, the Majestic 12 began with the Majestic Speedwagon. <laughs> yes. You are the spokes of the Speedwagon wheel. What was he up to in his spare time as a tycoon? Making robot hands. Oh, holy fighting crap. Vampires. He's, yeah, yeah, like a whole vampire fighting division, which may have actually been Nazis, depending on how the canon works out there. Depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> Right here, lawyer steps in in Singapore and makes a murder disappear. <laughs> what murder, they say, as they go this, and clean up the room. I think this was the episode where I finally got the laws. They had to include the fact that laws depicted in this uh, show yeah. are fictional. <laughs> it's like, oh, this one, like the 500. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, this, don't think that. <laughs> it started with the $500, uh, the 500 Singapore dollar fine. It was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess they didn't want to make you think that's a real thing. Followed up by, oh, yeah, get out of murder in Singapore. <laughs> you just got to know a guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. A, a very English, like, Western looking guy, too. Like, not a Singapore guy walks in here. Yeah. Someone clearly foreign. That dude got off a plane with that envelope. <laughs> Oh my goodness. The reference is all swimming. And that guy looks like the band manager for Metalocalypse. That dude just shows up. Really? Let me look at him one more time. Let me look, look I mean, it's him. a dude in a suit. Like, it, okay. I, I'm, I'm stretching it. You heavily. are stretching pretty. Yeah, but he's got a big mustache and stuff. Oh, dude. I forgot about the mustache. Yeah, oh, you're stretching it pretty hard. The band manager guy's like young. I think he's got glasses. Yeah, he's got glasses and something. Maybe I just remember the guy from Metalocalypse instead of the mustache guy. That's anyway, fair. the Speedwagon Foundation made that murder go away. Oh, <laughs> oh! Credits Man. are going on now without. Oh music. yeah, credits have been going on this whole time, by the way. Well, not during this. The next part, the next scene is when credits start. Although the credits started in the prison cell. I'm checking one more time to be sure, but I'm pretty sure they don't start until the next scene. Well, we then get a scene yeah. which I could live without. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abdul's like, Master Joe Star, do you need another camera? And he's like, Don't worry, I've remembered televisions are a thing. <laughs> With the well, this is yeah. the confidence of the man who's like, I can come up with something cool. Clackers. Exactly. But here's the thing. It's like, here's a thing that you get the feeling he's using for the first time. He's like, certainly this will work well and will not be wrong in any way. So he hugs a television and summons the purple hermit. And he's like, instead of spirit photography, this will be spirit audio. And kind of like, almost like a Ouija board, every channel, it like flickers through the channels and they get one word from every channel. And um, it basically spells out, there's a traitor among us, beware of Kakyoin. And what? Yeah, very much what? It's like this power he's not tested before. They're already aware of the fact that Dio understands that he's being watched, and, oh, well, whatever. And then Dio shows up on the TV, and the TV explodes. Yeah, which is great. The show, well, he like the shows like it does like an almost um, God, what's that movie where the static TV in the haunted house? The Ring? No, another one. The whole house is like under on Indian burial ground. Oh man, I I that that's something you're gonna have to hum a few more bars of that one. Yeah, I know. But there was like a static TV, and it was sucking. Like the boy was like, "They're here." Huh. 
I don't know. I don't know. Don't listen to me. Anyway, the yeah. TV, TV went all static, and then Dio looks at him and goes, you're watching, aren't you? Yes. Like, he sees them once again. He knows it. He knows it. And the TV explodes. Uh, we do get what I kind of like, where him and Abdul are having, like, a post-game powwow, and Joseph's like, listen, Catcoid's both a traitor, and I trust him. He's probably right. a Trojan horse. <laughs> so, what are they thinking there? Because his, his only thought is, I trust him. Right? So that, that should be the end yeah. of that. Well, he's just like, he must be hypnotized or something. So it's like, maybe next time we all sleep, Kakuin will go, like, kill us. Yeah. And and I like that kind of thought because it's like, I in my mind, it's like, I don't think Kakuin... Well, the idea being that the, he didn't need the flesh bud, that Dio was so charismatic, they just added the flesh bud as an excuse. Uh-huh. Maybe is the thought process of that. But I'm just, I'm I'm trying to fall in love with this cast of characters, so I don't like that we already have a betrayal arc. Yeah, um, especially Kakyoin. He's already grown on me. He's our tour guy. I like him. Yeah, our tourist guy. I uh, trust and, him. And I almost trust him more after this next cut because it's so on the nose. Um, it cuts to Jojo Knife Girl and Kakyoin walking around, and Kakyoin looks super untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like his eyes. Is it like rolled up or something? Like, yeah, no. It's like, <laughs> he didn't look that villainous when he was trying to actively kill Jojo. He looks, yeah, it's the most villainous he's ever looked. He did not look this evil when he was menacing Painter. Uh, we get a thing that I absolutely hate in that uh, Jotaro and Knife Girl are holding hands, uh, which I, makes her seem really young. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I took it, too. I thought, well, she is really young, so he's holding her hands. So it's a, you know, it's a, he's taking care of a girl thing. And then I remember everything else. Yeah, and then your like, brain oh, starts to break. Your oh, brain right. starts to break. All right, all right. That this doesn't make anything better. This makes it worse. This makes it worse. This makes it worse. You're like, it does not compute. Does not compute. Uh, is Jojo gonna be like the least likable Jojo we have? Maybe. Is he Maybe. getting there? I mean, he's bound to do some stuff. I guess. I mean, I guess eventually he's probably gonna fight and beat Dio at some point. I'm sure, but in the meantime, yeah, we'll be big fans of that part at least. Yeah. Uh, Jotaro. But yeah, he didn't, he was barely, it, I guess it, it's a bummer because he is not in this episode barely at all. And it's my favorite episode of this season. God. Yeah, you're right. This is, it's Polnareff, man. He became the star in two episodes. He is, he's a Jojo character though. Yeah. Like he feels like a Jojo character. He's a, he, he's a doofus. He's got he, gum. He didn't before. I like before, he fell out of place. Like he hadn't quite fit into this whole anime, even not just in the group. These yeah. two episodes brought him in. Was it just three episodes ago? They, 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 they. Let me look at the episode list. Was it just three episodes ago we got him recruited? It was last episode, wasn't? It? Well, podcast episode, right? Uh, yeah, last episode was po last podcast episode. We began with the recruitment of him. Yeah, he joined the team, but he also. Like, man, I, I feel like it fit in really well, too, because, like, after they knocked him out, you had Joseph being like, oh, I guess he'll join the party. And I guess, and you have Paul and Rush up, like, I'm part of the party, right? And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, oh, I guess you'll come. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then he grew in our hearts. Paul Naraf is great. I'm a big fan of Paul Naraf. I, I mean, like we've, we're always going to have a hole, a speed wagon sized hole for trying to find someone to just yeah. absolutely fall in love with. Ugh. No one's going to fill that hole, mind you. <laughs> No one, no but, one. But Polnareff is doing a pretty good job. Him, his dumbass having gum yeah. is great. 
I <laughs> uh, can't smoke. Want some gum? Want some gum? Also, just I'm I'm such a big fan of them doing the big reveal where he's like, I broke mirrors so I could see you. <laughs> like the fact that there was thought put. I feel like we haven't had thought put into any of these. Like, no, you're right. Like all the fights so far felt kind of just. I revealed a new very shonen jump. I revealed a new yeah. technique to win. I was written into a corner, and Starfinger will get me out of this. Starfinger. Starfinger. Whoop. Wow. Starfinger. It's almost um, almost too JoJo, though, because that's how Joseph like won almost all of his fights. Was always, guess what I was doing when you weren't paying attention during the fight? Like, that's but like, that I love. <laughs> I loved it when it was JoJo's thing. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, but it just, it definitely feels, I don't know, it just feels weird. It just feels weird where he's just doing star fingers. You're right. I don't like the star fingers. And I do like they were getting at least somewhat back on track of having some fun, smart fights. Yeah. And I, and I my hope is that now that we're in the DO7 or however many boss characters we're going to go with, the boss fights will be a little more entertaining. Hey, dude, you know that with the end of this episode, we are a third of the way through the first half. <laughs> of Stardust Crusaders. Congratulations, Matt. We've made it a first third of the first half. Um, because I don't know if your anime service is the same as mine, but they split this season into halves for some yeah, reason. Yeah, we got Stardust Crusaders and then Battle in Egypt. So I had that thought where I'm like, oh man, it looks like we're almost halfway done. And I went, no, no. I'm not. no we're not. Yep, we're we halfway are. done, halfway done. Yep, we are a third of the way to Battle in Egypt. Oh man. Not halfway, oh, just a third. We're not even there yet. What a journey. It's I can't believe how much I guess I can. I knew it was gonna happen eventually. Stardust Crusaders was growing on me now. Oh yeah. I'm And yet still disappointed in it. <laughs> we're not there yet, but it's like I feel like we're we're just in there and we have so much more time like it doesn't even need to it like I guess it sounds mean to say like it doesn't need to wow us as long as it continues to make like a steady climb. It could really be something special. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um man. Oh man, we got a part we got a two parter in our future. Uh yeah, we'll have to figure out how we want to deal with the fact that it looks like for the rest of the season we got a lot of two parters to deal with. Yeah. So do we do another? The thing is, we have an even number. This this is an even number show. Yeah. So do we mess that up by starting to watch? Do we watch three next time so that we're including the part one and two? Or do we just leave ourselves continuously hanging throughout the we'll, series? We'll have to figure that out. I have an idea. Oh, I man. Well, I think of that work. Um, I, I'm excited to hear how that idea will work. One final thought about uh, what was her name? Baba Yaga? <laughs> And and Yababa. And Yaba. There we go. And Yaba. And Yaba. I like the moment where she's shit talking the JoJo, especially Joseph. It was like, they're shit. It's like, you shouldn't be fair to them. One of them, ma'am, if you will recall, killed three gods. Kings among men. He shot a dude out into space. I'm pretty sure any one of the pillar men would have been a match for even the godlike deal we have now. Yeah. Like they shot uh, a dude into space. Maybe shows just some respect to Joseph for that shit. Just a tidbit. Just a tidbit. 
Yeah, how does yeah, I guess maybe it's just not well it's not well enough known that he shot somebody into space. Maybe it isn't. It was all covered up by the Speedwagon Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> Finally classified. We disappeared a spaceman. We could disappear a small <laughs> murder in Singapore. How much power do they have in the JoJo world, Pat? Oh my god. Um, I believe I believe they uh, mentioned speed wagons for as long as they're in this timeline. I imagine sitting down with a speed wagon an agent and they just drink a cup of coffee going, <laughs> you think humans invented candles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first step. That's their men in black moment where they tell you the secret of candles. <laughs> oh, and they show you what little they have left of Santana buried in D.C. Still there. I bet they haven't done anything to it. Why would they? They never do. They've been feeding him snakes. <laughs> One after another. Oh my goodness. Where do you think all those snakes in Ireland went to? Oh man, yeah. Oh, Santana, they should bring him back. <laughs> What's he up to these? Well, I mean, I know exactly what he's up to these days. Being kept in a yeah. endlessly dark they give Sant- kept under lights yeah they make like a loki kind of thing out of santana where they recruit him for the agency oh that'd be cool we have to recruit the smartest being that ever lived <laughs> and said our said by our glorious leader <laughs> his note said it's the smartest thing ever <laughs> they look up at a giant statue of young Speedwagon. yeah this this being taught itself how to say hair. <laughs> oh man. Well that's the best. That's the best. I, I'm hoping that um the next two episodes we watch have this energy. Well, at least one of those next two is part of a two parter, so Well there we there we go. Yep. Yeah. So we got some stuff uh we have some stuff built up. We have some things teased. I am just excited for us to continue to make some more, uh, to make some more, uh, you know, some more, some more progress. Yeah, I'm ready, more to, characters. I'm ready to dive into some more JoJo, and because the orangutan's behind us, we've only got blue skies yeah, in front. Exactly. <laughs> We're never going back to that boat. We're never going back to that boat. Alrighty, uh, I, I believe that's a good point to wrap. That is that is it for this edition of the Anime Book Club. Book out.